Welcome to episode 73 of the Montana Values podcast. Mehmet Marat Ildan said, quote, a silver-tongued charlatan and a half-wit society are made for each other. When these two come together in an election, a great disaster happens. Charlatan comes to power. Let's talk all about it with our host, Tammy Fisher. A charlatan, also called a swindler or a mountbank, is a person practicing quackery or a similar confidence trick in order to obtain money, power, fame, or other advantages through pretense or deception. Synonyms for charlatan include shyster, quack, or faker. We're going to embark on a series of podcasts exposing the charlatans in our midst, big fat fakers that the naive, the desperate, and the narcissist among us gravitate to. Because you see, Montana, charlatans view us as dumb and capable of being swindled. And they don't care if they damage us or if they damage our institutions, because at the end of the day, they are just carpetbaggers waiting to turn their next trick when they wear out their welcome here. But before they get the boot, they embed. They infiltrate our churches, our politics, our local Republican Central Committees, and our legislature. They seek to change us to fulfill their selfish needs, to change who we are, who we have always been. They want us to change in order to accommodate them. And sometimes they are effective. Those looking for cult leaders look no further than these charlatans as they are hiding in plain sight, stealing our language, our government, and our state. Let's start with a guy by the name of J.D. Hall. J.D. Hall was a pastor, I don't know if he still is, that lived in Sydney, Montana. Sydney has a population of about 6,000. Hall is not, as you might predict, from Montana. He's from the South, hailing from Arkansas and Missouri. He fancies himself as a Baptist, but has been thrown out of the traditional Baptist church, seeking sanctuary in his own version of a Baptist ministry in Sydney. He took Eastern Montana by storm and was even a columnist for the Sydney Herald, the local newspaper. He is well-versed in the Bible. He is an excellent writer, and he has a compelling speech. The problem is, He manipulates biblical teachings to only serve him. He uses his pen to harm others. He seeks to only save a few that bow before him and cast aspersions against all others, and even goes so far as to harass vulnerable children and defame any and all persons who may have a different view than his own. In short, He has used his multiple platforms to harm Montana, her people, and does so with righteous indignation and with a faithful following of other charlatans, including candidates for office and sitting politicians. Mickey, you've called J.D. Hall a false prophet. What does that mean? Anytime a man or a woman from the pulpit weaponizes scripture to beat people over the head with, you run from that person. You leave that church. That's a false prophet. That's not why scripture was brought into being. And that's not how scripture is to be used. That is a false prophet. And you, you cannot use scripture. You should never use scripture 
to browbeat people into the kingdom. I will not call Mr. Hall a pastor, as he does not deserve that type of respect nor position. He ministers to no one but himself. And that is clear as day when you run through the damage and destruction he created in Montana with the full support and adoration, not admiration, folks, but adoration of the authoritarian wackadoos that have infiltrated the Republican Party. And just like the authoritarian wackadoos, Hall is a misogynist, chauvinist pig who hates women, especially articulate women in leadership positions. It was becoming clear that Hall was not a decent human being, at least as early as 2014, when he chose to engage with a 15-year-old boy on Twitter. Quote, a Baptist preacher was involved in a viral Twitter beef with a 15-year-old boy just weeks before he committed suicide. J.D. Hall has an extensive history of going after Ergen Kaner, the president of Bruton Parker College and the father of the victim. In a heated debate which went viral, Hall made the decision to include Braxton in one of his attacks. The question many are left asking is, did the preacher's inappropriate Twitter beef lead to the teen's suicide? Hall is the lead pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church and co-founder of Reformation Montana. According to the website, Reformation Montana is an affiliation of like-minded churches and individuals that cooperate for the purpose of sending missionaries from Montana and the surrounding regions to the rest of the world. Hall has been one of Kaner's most vocal critics. For several years, he has maintained a long-standing campaign against the preacher. Hall has accused Kaner of not telling the truth about his past, which allegedly includes being a devout Muslim who was trained as a terrorist. He continuously calls him an unrepentant liar and has used multiple platforms to publicly attack the man. In early July, Hall decided to include Braxton's Twitter feed in his attack against Kaner's inability to properly parent. The pastor used Twitter not only to play the teen against his father, but also has accused the youngster of gross immorality. He not only initiated the beef with Braxton, but continued to tweet back and forth with him in a public debate, end quote. Okay, stop there. So from just this information, we know how dirty Hall is. He couldn't get the response he wanted from a fellow pastor that he was baiting. So he chose to hit the pastor where it hurt and engage the pastor's kid. And then direct the kid to contact Hall to discuss the kid's father's failings. It doesn't get much dirtier than that, folks. And this is what you would see on social media where groomers behave. They say, oh my gosh, I bet you don't have a good relationship with your parents. Email me privately and let's talk about that. Because the goal, of course, is to separate the child from the parent, which is about as ungodly as you can get. It's repulsive. So that's bottom of the barrel. Disgusting behavior. And what did it lead to? Well, Montana, adoration, acolytes, applause, and an award from the authoritarian wackadoos who are taking over the Montana Republican Party. That's good judgment, right? Let's go through the rest of the kid's story, starting with Hall's engagement with the kid over Twitter. This was a tweet by Hall. Quote, why is Ergen Kaner's son, Braxton Kaner, posting makeout pics and profanity on his Twitter? The immorality surrounding Kaner is astounding. End quote. 
After the series of tweets ended, Hall did not let the online beef with Braxton die. Instead, he invited the teen to email him if he ever wanted to talk about his father. He also transitioned the conversation from social media to his public blog, where he wrote, quote, Ergen Kainer has employed vulgarity for some time in both public and private discourse. His love affair for certain forms of entertainment that most would consider less than sanctifying, to say the least, in which he includes his sons has been public record. And now we see the ungodliness in his son's Twitter account. This leaves us with strong concern regarding Kaner's leadership. And anyone claiming his son's immorality isn't relevant or pertinent to his leadership needs to consult 1 Timothy 3, 4 through 5. Notice these examples of clear immorality have been publicly broadcasted in a public forum. And so I made a public comment pointing out his son's already public behavior. Okay, let's stop there. So that's what he wrote on a blog. You're a 15-year-old kid. You now see that you're being tagged in a Twitter account telling you that your dad sucks, he's a horrible human being, and saying to you, oh, by the way, you're also a horrible human being, so why don't you email me privately so I can further defame your father to you directly, thereby hopefully it'll separate child from parent. And then, as a kid, you see this blog where you're being told publicly that you're immoral, that you're immoral because of your dad. So what do you think as a 15-year-old kid just trying to make his way through life? Do you think maybe, possibly, oh my goodness, I have brought shame to my family. I cannot bring shame to my family. So what does that do to you mentally? Well, let's find out what other people were thinking. Paul's actions with Braxton angered many people in the Christian community and caused them to question whether his attack influenced Braxton's decision to commit suicide. They have added Hall's name to the host of cyberbullies which have taunted people in the past. One man named Paul quickly came to the boy's defense saying this form of bullying was not surprising at all. He called it typical JD and said this is part of his efforts to generate more publicity for him and his radio program. Paul went on to say, quote, you are not his parent, pastor, or friend. You do not know him and have no invested interest in this child. You spent time reading the Twitter feed of a 15-year-old boy and decided his tweets and picture were inappropriate. Then you engaged another man's 10th grade child in online conversation and asked the 15-year-old to message you privately so you could talk to him about his father. You have no God-given authority over this child in any way and were wrong to engage him, end quote. One person posed the question, quote, how would you feel if you were a teen and someone accused you of immorality and claimed your father was to blame for it? Could he have in turn blamed himself for causing more pain to his father? Although there are no hard facts that this is the case, one thing is sure. It did nothing to encourage either him or his family. In response to the many complaints Hall received on his blog post, he released a statement of apology. Quote, I regret pointing people to the material or behavior exhibited on Kaner's son Braxton's Twitter account. This was a distraction, and I should have contacted Kaner about it. I did reach out to one of Kaner's associates, but apparently did not give enough time for him to amend the situation. Again, I should not have done that, end quote. 
Hall and those who support him believe his actions were inappropriate, but it is unfair to attempt to correlate Braxton's suicide to their Twitter dispute. He explained that it is not only unfair, but the accusations have led to threats on his life. (laughs) As a result, Hall has reported direct and veiled threats to his local police department and has been forced to take certain actions to protect himself and his family, end quote. Yeah, now he's the victim. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So Hall can't take the criticism, but he sure can dish it out. And when the criticism is redirected his way, well, then he calls the cops for protection. The Montana cops. Hoping he can manipulate them, too. So did Hall cease the super shitty bottom-of-the-barrel disgusting behavior that he supposedly regretted? No. He just ramped it up. Things really started going off the rails with J.D. Hall in 2017 when he was fired from the Sydney Herald because he acted out in North Dakota at a Baptist church revival event. Quote, about an hour and a half into a service with nationally known pastor Rodney Howard Brown at Dickinson's River Church, two men, Jordan Hall of Sydney, Montana, and Kyle Small of Watford City, stood up and loudly protested the fact that LaShawn Bedsell, a female pastor at the church, was allowed to speak in the church due to her gender. The men were dragged out of the church by members of the church and into the parking lot. Churchgoers called the Dickinson Police Department, who arrived several minutes later. Officers questioned the two men and held them outside until asking them to leave roughly a half hour afterwards. The two men complied and appeared to enter their vehicles, though some members of the church remained on watch for the two men outside. Quote, the individual was shouting scripture in regards to female pastors and the lack of scripture being preached, Wade Bortz said, a member of Dickinson's River Church. Quote, we addressed him to leave and he refused, so several members decided to help him out. End quote. For some, the incident felt especially scary in light the recent shooting at a church in Sutherland Springs, Texas, that killed over two dozen people. Quote, how would you know the guy wouldn't all of a sudden pull out a gun or something? Another churchgoer, Layman Tedford, said. It's alarming. He was crazy looking. He didn't look right to me. End quote. In an interview after the incident, Hall said he chose to interrupt the service over objections to the preachings of Howard Brown and claimed that the Bible doesn't allow women to preach in church. (laughs) Jeez. Can you believe that? Hall denied this incident could be especially fear-inducing in light of recent church shootings. Quote, I would be disappointed if the average sentient human being couldn't tell the difference between someone speaking loudly and someone shouting at them, Hall said. I understand that people are very easily frightened. So, okay, let's just stop there because this is absolutely absurd. He understands that people are easily frightened, especially in a church two weeks post a mass shooting at a church, right? So let's go frighten them. Right. And so his idea is, I don't know why they'd be concerned. I just came in with my body camera on screaming at these people that they're committing some sort of heresy because God forbid they let a woman speak in church. (gasps) 
But he can't understand why they would be so frightened by that or would liken that to maybe what would be a lead up to a mass shooting of a disgruntled, out of control human being. Because what normal human being goes in and disrupts a church service for their own selfish needs to tell the churchgoers who are practicing their constitutional right to freedom of religion, to worship however they choose, that they're doing it wrong because they allowed a woman to speak. This is absolutely absurd. It's outrageous. Going back to the article. In responding to a question on whether this interruption was based on discrimination of women, Hall said, quote, you're calling God sexist because I'm quoting the scripture, end quote. (laughs) Good grief. The two men each wore video recording devices and are members of the Fellowship Baptist Church in Sydney, Montana, end quote. So we know that Hall and his compadre wanted to wanted to cause disruption and mayhem in a church service while people are exercising their constitutional right to religious freedom and to worship however they choose. And we know that they wanted to disrupt this. We know that they wanted to violate those rights because they planned the disruption and they recorded it themselves. So knowing that, you would think that all of Montana would be aware that if this dude deliberately disrupted a church service, he could and would and did disrupt Montana similarly. And truthfully, all of Hall's followers either knew or were willfully ignorant to the fact that this dude is incapable of civility. And knowing this, What did the wackadoos choose to do? Follow him, adore him, applaud him, award him. Because they are as nihilistic as Hall is. Because a nihilist believes in nothing, has no loyalties, and no purpose other than an impulse to destroy. And that is exactly what the authoritarians that have taken over the Republican Party in Montana wish to do destroy the Republican Party, and in its wake, destroy Montana. But I digress. Let's fast forward to 2020. By this time, Hall had developed a blog called the Montana Daily Gazette. He attempted, like many charlatans do, to legitimize his hateful and lying blog as a news source. Despite the fact that his drivel bore no likeness to the truth, it simply was a medium for Hall to bluster and comment, artfully weaving nuggets of truth into a morass of horseshit. (laughs) He even found other writers to post on his blog in the same hateful, harmful, and slanted manner. And that, of course, was by design to try to increase its credibility and shock value. It looked pretty, and it seemed professionally done. And look, folks... You can't have a follower unless you appear to have some modicum of credibility. But only a morsel of credibility is required because the authoritarian wackadoos glom on to anything that divides Montanans into categories of good and evil. Because then they self-anoint themselves as the good, while the rest of us, free-thinking, devoted Republicans and Montanans, are painted as evil. And Hall gave the proliferation of horseshit wackadoo conjecture a platform so the narcissists and the naive alike could be rolled into the fold 
And with the backing of a church behind him, well, hell, if it appears to the unknowing that God sanctions the activity, who wouldn't find it credible? So Hall started to get noticed across Montana once he partnered with James White, another wackadoo that publishes a blog called Northwest Liberty News on the west side of the state. Here's what Hall had to say about the Montana Daily Gazette, and in particular, listen to the names that affiliate with Hall. As the legacy press, or the print newspapers, are dying at a record pace, the Billings Gazette is laying off its newsroom and editors, the Great Falls Tribune is up for sale, good luck, and the newspapers of western Montana are consolidating their printing, Montana Daily Gazette is riding a rocket ship into the stratosphere. These out-of-state-owned publications aren't even printing in the communities they cover, which is perhaps why they don't seem to write news for Montanans, but for out-of-state liberals. But Montana Daily Gazette is Montana-owned and operated and beating the daylights out of publications like the Billings Gazette. We are here to stay. Even if Rafe Graybill and a couple ladies from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals are using a lady man to sue us for a quarter million dollars for, quote, transphobia, end quote, according to their client. Commentary, A, bring it on, and B, contribute below. Of course, contribute. Yeah. It's all about money. Meanwhile, we'll soon be broadcasting on the giant KEIN station with our flagship program, Montana Gazette Radio with Jim White out of Great Falls, which reaches Helena and beyond. The most conservative radio station in the nation is now reaching tens and maybe hundreds of thousands of people daily. <laughs> so deal with that, haters. <laughs> Montana Daily Gazette is run by Gideon Knox Group, the baddest good guys in the media, and specializes in alternative news and has done so for 10 years. We are around for the long haul. Since we began, we chose Jim White, formerly of Northwest Liberty News, as our editor with Gideon Knox Group. Hall is the president. As its president. Dozens work for Gideon Knox Group to produce nearly 20 such websites, and we have a large pool of resources to choose from. However, Jim has been let go from his position as editor of Montana Daily Gazette and is now the station manager for Montana Gazette Radio, a promotion. And we have replaced him with interim editor David Morrill, who operates Mile High Evening News and happens to produce and co-host J.D. Hall's religious programming, The Polemics Report. We appreciate Jim's service, but he is more valuable to us in focusing his time on his 5 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday live radio program and in focusing on articles related to the Flathead Valley, like the Whitefish Credit Union stories. He has been an immense help and we are happy to have retained him for our team. By the way, his show will be a live call-in program, and that should be exciting. Marill will work under the supervision of Gideon Knox Group head publisher Dustin Germain, who runs multiple of Hall's websites. Germain has worked for Gideon Knox Group since nearly the beginning and has the utmost trust of Hall. This is important, considering Hall's time is usually spent these days between that of a pastor and that of a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. raising money for his attorney to defeat Rafe Graybill in court and has been speaking regularly across the state to accomplish those ends. Can't wait to hear how all this ends up. Meanwhile, we have added additional responsibility to Brenda Roscos's plate from lead investigative Montana journalist to 
advertising specialist. <laughs> you go that... from being an investigative journalist to an advertising specialist? Bet, bet that's not a promotion. <laughs> this is in part due to the advertising needs for KHDN, the vigilante, and our new radio hours from 5 to 7 p.m. on KEIN in Great Falls, as well as the advertising needs for this website. Brenda will still be writing for the Gazette, particularly as it pertains to Montana News, along with the publisher, J.D. Hall, and other writing staff like Roy McKenzie. We are aiming for a field reporter in every major town in Montana. Yeah, so let's not forget he brought up the Whitefish Credit Union, Rafe Graybill, and the transgender issue, right? Because he was going to win, and he was going to raise money to kick the crap out of Rafe Graybill in his lawsuit. Uh Uh-huh. And... J.D. Hall had a great attorney defending him, but J.D. Hall gets in his own way. That would be the problem, as you'll find out later. So let's talk about the people that we talked about. Where does Brenda Roscoe live? Well, she lives in Flathead County, Montana, and she's a Hall acolyte. She comes into play a little bit later. And Roy McKenzie? Well, he's a nutter from Hamilton who parades on Twitter as Hellgate Hell, but he's a Hall acolyte. He works with J.D. Hall, Jordan Hall. And under Hall's eye, of course, because everything happens under his eye, the wackadoos found a home, found solace in his loving care, found what all of the misogynist carpenbaggers in the state of Montana who have infiltrated the Montana Republican Party had hoped for. Someone who consistently spew hate and propaganda in order to bring authoritarians into power. And wouldn't you know it, Snake Oil Salesman Hall was effective. He got all the dum-dums to unite around him, to beg him for attention, because his particular form of lying and bullying was exactly what the authoritarians craved. He was, in fact, doing their bidding in their minds. But let's talk about who craved Hall's attention, who adored him, Who paid for Hall's endorsement in their races? Well, we have a list. So write the names down. All of these dipshits followed Hall lockstep, knowing what an awful person he is, knowing he wants to divide Montana, knowing he defames lifelong Montanans. And despite the fact that he hasn't lived here for more than 15 minutes, he believes himself to be the all-knower of everything Montanan. Here's the names of the people who clamored. Just some of the people, right? We're just going to give you the list of where we have hard evidence. Here's the names of the people who clamored to Hall to get his endorsement. Do you have your pencils ready? Here we go. David Dunn. David August. Randy Pinocci. Derek Skies. Dave Ingram. John Fuller. And Hall's endorsements? Are they provided based upon the candidate's qualifications for the offices sought? Oh, hell no. (laughs) You got to pay for them. $1,500 to $2,000 each. So was Hall's endorsement ever legitimate? Hell no. So has Hall ever been legitimate? Hell no. (laughs) And did the candidates know this? Hell yes. And they did it anyway. And even worse, guess who has embraced 
by the Montana GOP leadership at kickoff events. Jordan Hall. He even brought in an award that he, that Jordan Hall created for himself, awarding himself for being a leader in truth in the media. Right. (laughs) And he even created a plaque for the award, handed it to Randy Pinochi, who is a sitting public service commissioner, and Pinochi the dum-dum stood up at a Republican event and awarded Hall Hall's own award. We couldn't make this up if we tried. And did that self-serving event change anyone's mind that had formerly been clamoring for Hall's attention? Nope. They just kept begging for more. So, as wackadoos do, Hall was empowered and emboldened. He manipulates and desecrates the Bible for his own purposes, which are to bully and spread hate. And finally, he was sued for it. Hall lied about a confrontation that never occurred in Helena. He just made it up. He lied because he hates women, and he surely then hates transgender Montanans. And lied because, hell, he's been lying for years. And yet his following grows. So just like with criminals, they have a pattern. When no one stops them, they are emboldened and ramp it up. So Hall just made up the confrontation, published it, and got sued. And so when he mocks the suit on his website and says, bring it on and donate here, well, this transgender person and her attorney did just that. And what did Hall do? Well, like every coward when they are finally sued for the horseshit, He filed for bankruptcy because that's what cowards do. And did that turn any of the named followers against him? Nope. Their devotion increased. And when Hall mocks the lawsuit, what ultimately happens? He said he's going to win. He said there was no chance he was going to lose. Well, what happened? He loses. That's right, folks, because the truth is self-evident and the truth prevails against nonsense. So Hall has to admit publicly on his website that he lied. And then Whitefish Credit Union piled on. So what does Hall do to prevent in a lame attempt to prevent another suit? Well, he removed all of the bullshit lies he posted about Whitefish Credit Union from his website, right? Oh, I'll just I'll just take that down and I'll be okay. Well, that's too bad because he didn't seek redemption. He posted an apology to the transgender person, but then he rescinded it saying he was lying about his apology. I mean, at least he's finally admitting he's a liar. And of course, with all of this evidence that he is a horrible person, the legislators and office holders obviously course corrected, right? All of his acolytes were like, oh, wait, we were wrong. Let's separate from this guy. Nope. Even after Hall admits he's a liar, they still seek and pay for his endorsement in the 2022 primary elections. Because that's who they are, folks. Carpetbaggers who have no character, no integrity, and who, just like Hall, are hellbent on destroying the Montana we all know and love. Every single one of them. So where is Hall now? Hmm. 
Well, Whitefish Credit Union filed a lawsuit against him in his bankruptcy dealings. And nobody really knows where Hall is now. We're told Missouri. He packed up his camper and rode off into the sunset. Of course, he didn't take his family with him. Nope, he couldn't do that for good reason. Because people of poor character have a way of showing themselves to us. They just can't contain themselves and who they really are, despite the fact that they cloak themselves with a mutilated picture of God and Christianity. No, people of bad character, these charlatans, just tend to reveal themselves over time. They can't contain it. And frankly, that is probably God's will or karma, if you believe in karma. So Hall stokes the flames of hate in Montana and does so while addicted to Xanax, apparently. Yep, apparently he's an addict. And no judgment about addiction. Hey, it's a disease any one of us could fall prey to. But not all addicts are assholes. Not all addicts have poor character. But Hall does. Hall gets pulled over for a DUI and says he wasn't drunk because that would be a huge no-no in his church, right? (laughs) But he was suffering from a debilitating vitamin D deficiency. Mm. And any prosecutor or cop out there knows that excuse is tippy-top of the lame excuses list for getting out of a DUI. Up there with, quote, I drank the NyQuil and I only had two beers. I promise you, everybody who gets pulled over who's drunk says, I only had two beers. Now, Hall's BAC came back at zero, but it could have been a Xanax addiction that had something to do with that. So we all know that this is horseshit. All of us except apparently his church who chooses to stand by Hall, despite the fact that he's admitted he's a liar, despite the fact that he harms people and has on multiple occasions had to publicly apologize for his behavior as a 40-year-old man. Nope, they follow him lockstep drinking the J.D. Hall Kool-Aid, just like the authoritarian nutters that have infiltrated the Montana Republican Party. So, DUI in May of 2022, check. No consequence from his devoted following, check. So he ramps it up again. This time, he is alleged to have turned his hate against his family and his church. Anyone surprised? Didn't think so. Quote, former pastor Jordan Daniel, or J.D. Hall, has been accused of embezzling money from the Fellowship Baptist Church and physically abusing his wife and son, according to the Sydney Police Department. Sydney Police Department has released reports stating that Hall has been accused of exceeding $10,000 by embezzlement of the church he was previously a pastor at in Sydney, Montana, along with assault with a weapon using a knife or cutting instrument and strangulation of a partner or family member on or about June 5th. The allegations were reported recently by the Christian Post in an interview with Caleb Snodgrass, elder with the Fellowship Baptist Church. In the Christian Post article, Snodgrass told reporter Leonardo Blair that Mandy Hall had told the church that she and her son were physically abused by Jordan Hall and attributed it to an addiction to Xanax, for which Snodgrass said Jordan Hall is now receiving treatment near his family in Missouri. Snodgrass also told the Christian Post the church wanted to take Jordan Hall to a rehab facility immediately after the domestic situation was reported to them, but felt the treatment would not be successful if Hall went against his will. 
The Sydney Herald has confirmed that the church did file a report with the Sydney Police Department regarding embezzlement allegations. Their accusations were filed after church elders discovered financial irregularities. <laughs> I'll bet. Once Hall had been removed as church leader, end quote. So that's what it took to fire Hall. His wife allegedly had to run to the church elders for help after she alleges Hall assaulted her and their child. And after the church allegedly finds out he stole from the very people he was supposed to be ministering to. That's what it took. They had a rattlesnake for a pet, knew they had a rattlesnake, and then they were shocked when the snake bit them. But did they immediately terminate the snake? Nope. They waited 21 days until June 26th. So they knew of Hall's wife's accusations June 5th, and it wasn't until they learned that they may have been stolen from that they canned him. Because women, as you recall, just aren't of the same value as men for Hall. And if they followed Hall's bullshit, they probably thought the wife and child deserved what Hall gave them. Because that's their form of Christianity. And that's what Hall's followers believe. All of them. Look at the list. They sit in our legislature. They sit on the Public Service Commission. They knew who Hall was and is, and they loved it, embraced it, adored him. So let's name these Hall-loving authoritarians who masquerade as Republicans again. David Dunn, David August, Randy Pinocci, Derek Skies, Dave Ingram, John Fuller. You have heard us warn you about these charlatans before, and yet all of them are lovingly embraced by the Montana GOP leadership. Hell, they even let Derek Skies, the guy who has lost more elections than he's won, the guy that voters, Republican voters, have repeatedly rejected. They let Skies rewrite the Montana Republican platform, mutilating it with authoritarian propaganda. That's the sound judgment of the Montana GOP leadership. So you wonder why Montana got so wacky? Well, that's because Montana GOP leadership has sat silent, allowing the proliferation of authoritarian chauvinists to rise in the ranks. Welcomed with open arms, Jordan Hall, knowing he's a snake, knowing he wants to harm Montanans and has harmed Montanans. Leadership used to tamp down on the rise of authoritarians. They used to be leaders, but now they are leaders in name only willing to have authoritarians lead us straight off a cliff. And these so-called leaders of the Montana GOP are the last to know that they are merely a pawn in the authoritarians' game. At the rate we're going, when Hall returns to Montana, he'll probably be the new chair of the Montana GOP. <laughs> <laughs> Bet he gets more votes than the current chair, who has no idea that he is being manipulated by authoritarians. Or maybe he embraces that too. And hey. We just gave you a glimpse of Jordan Hall, the real warrior who is publicizing who Hall really is and has been for some time to raise awareness and to warn Christians that Hall is a wolf masquerading as a Christian, much like we inform you of the authoritarians masquerading as Republicans. Well, that person is Joshua Chavez, 
who can be found at servicechristi.com. That's S-E-R-V-U-S-C-H-R-I-S-T-I.com. He has a five-hour expose on Jordan Hall, and it's worth a watch. Cheers to you, Chavez, for fighting the good fight for a credible Christianity. We join you. Here at Montana Values, we will never give up the fight for Montana. We will never back down. Where the Montana GOP leadership yields to authoritarianism and extremism, we will not. Because Montana is worth fighting for. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider sponsoring the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com, locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. Find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.